0: This episode is brought to you by our friends at Squiz. Squiz is a student experience platform that offers a full suite of solutions developed exclusively for higher education. Squiz has so many exceptional products that are worth checking out, but the two that I've been most impressed by are their custom site search product, Funnelback, and their website platform, which is a true DXP. And don't worry, I'll explain what that means in just a second. For the next wave of digital natives, search is not ancillary to navigation. Search is navigation, and Funnelback enables schools like yours to build custom smart site search. So that way your nursing program actually comes up when someone searches nursing instead of that one nursing faculty event registration page from like two years ago. And their DXP, it's so much more than a traditional website CMS. A CMS is meant for exactly what it claims to be, content management, it's an important part of your marketing tech stack and important part of the student lifecycle, but that's just it. It's just a part, a DXP, a digital experience platform is built to be the hub of your MarTech stack. It relies on powerful integrations, data management, and an open platform in order to create the kind of experiences simply not possible with a normal CMS. Say goodbye to the finicky plugins of WordPress and the crappy site architecture of Drupal that hurts your SEO, and get ready to meet the fastest, most powerful, and most personalized website platform for colleges and universities on the market. Today, the student experience begins online, not at school. And as an enrollment marketer, your job is to ensure that prospective students find what they are looking for as quickly and as easily as possible. Squiz is the secret friction reducers that schools across the globe are using to not just attract the next generation of students, but nurture them to the point of enrollment in a way that is conducive and not counter to how they consume information and make purchasing decisions. You can learn more about Squiz at enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. Again, that's enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. Welcome to Fanatical Fridays, a weekly podcast where I sit down with Mickey Baines, a principal at Kennedy and Company, which is a higher education consulting firm, to discuss the traits, the strategies, and the tactics that separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. I'm Zach Boozy Cruz, founder here at Enrollify. Enjoy the show. All right, Mickey. So I just interrupted you because we were talking offline, and I was—I was, yes. I, I knew that some like goodness, some gold was about to come. So I said, "Stop. Let's hit record, and uh, then let's resume the conversation." So talk to us about how you approach conferences and really sort of like any event, because I think it's unique, and I think it's a framework that you know several other people might want to take advantage of.
1: Yeah. So, so I think there are a couple of things with conferences. Um, you know, being in the role that you're in and I'm in, we We attend a lot of them, yeah, right? Um, But there there are only a couple that I attend per year that I attend more as a participant than exhibitor, presenter, or anything like that. And and one of them is coming up for me next week. Um, It's called Inbound. Um, It is a marketing conference uh, about this whole philosophy and approach to marketing called Inbound, and it's hosted by HubSpot. Um, HubSpot's one of the platforms that we support Um, and I've been attending this conference since 2014 and I, and right before you you hit record, I said, and I'll just say to the group, this is, and has been my favorite conference of all time. Mm -hmm. I've been, I've attended every year since 2014 and I have no intent, um, of stopping this, of attending this. Like I can be retired for five years and still attend this. Um, I, I always walk away with a lot of big, bold, yet concrete ideas and not of oh look what they're doing on a replicate that just ideas of how to do things differently for us and 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 this is i think what i think what i think started to peak your your ears a bit and so i don't go in to the conference saying hey i want to learn about x y or z Hmm. um i i i don't i don't i don't have that intent i don't think about it that way but what i do for this conference is i look at the agenda well ahead of time now it's different last year and this year because it's virtual but in the past when it was in person there are more people than there will have at the conference overall um then they will have space for some of the sessions so sessions will fill up and so you have to select your sessions almost like course registration for your yeah, students yeah when courses <laughs> fill up this this happens um and which i think is is phenomenal in a way but these sessions some of them that will fill up that's why you register early, and um, and they, you, there's an order in which registration opens up, and I do what I can to get um, my registration to open up for others, which and a lot of that is based on how far ahead of the conference do you register. So if it's next September and I register in December, I uh, you know, the year before or January of the year when it doesn't, you know, come to the fall, I'm usually earlier in line to to get to register, um, But but I like to look through all of the sessions weeks before um the registration even opens and i will have all of my sessions that i want um already picked out and then i'll do my registration but after i've registered this to me is the the magical part of this for me i like to look at everything that i registered for and see what the topics are you know is there a is there a, a general focus and then a specific topic within that um and th- once I look at that, then I know what's really on my mind. Then I know what I'm interested in. So there have been times I'm registered and I go back and look, okay, th- this, this conference is a three-day conference. Um, sessions start sometimes as early as 7 a.m. And they will go till 5.30 p.m. You may not get a break for lunch. And then there's evening activities and events, um, some of them social, some of them networking, um, some of them uh, um exhibitor focused type stuff so but but i go back and look at all of them to say what are the topics and that when once i see that then i really know what my interest is uh, because i i will do that and inevitably there will be a theme in the sessions that i pick out um, one year it was focused on data how we're collecting data how we're using data i think one year it was on personalization uh, and and inevitably some years when i look at Not just the interest, but when I look at my thought about that particular session or overall topic, those thoughts are focused on how I or we on our team will help our clients succeed. And sometimes the focus is on how I can use that topic to help us improve our company and how we do our work better. Uh, and so, and that's, you know, I look at that before and I look at it after hmm. um, I, I take a lot of time when I get back from a conference to really reflect and I, and I reflect, you know, while I'm there, um, I sometimes have come back, you know, you know, you know, conference, you get these notebooks, um, what are they five by seven, something yeah. like that, you know, maybe a hundred pages. I've come back with like 50, 60 pages of notes. Wow. Um, Jeez. I said in. You know, so this is a big conference, right? So this is fifteen thousand people, maybe twenty thousand. I don't know how many are there, but
0: yeah, the, I think I think the person. last in person event was like twenty two thousand. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So there we
1: go. In my first year, by the way, it was around ten.
0: Wow, dang! You so you've um, really seen, you've really grown up with the so conference it's, it
1: grow. Yes, yes. And so, um, so they've got some big speakers there. But I remember one year, um, Malcolm Gladwell was speaking, and I think it was right before his book David and Goliath came out. Oh wow! Okay. And or right as it came out. And um, and I, I took like 15 pages of notes in that hour-long conversation here. I mean, I was just boom, 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 writing, 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 um, you writing. Know, and that helps. Th- those, some of those help us write the story to really define and explain what it is we do and why we do it. And some of them are the fine details and points and steps on how we do each of the things that we do
0: huh interesting right
1: so if it's think about how i recruit a student you know what is what is the day in the life of an online program enrollment slash recruitment person and how can we structure that day so that it's more effective Hmm. and what and, and if we were to do that and make it more effective, how does technology support that because while HubSpot in itself is technically a, a technology company, they don 't really focus everything they do just on technology per se um, technology is, is in there is how does technology support the strategy, and that 's really how you know for you know my as a consultant yeah how how i think about technology as, you know, not what, not what can we do in this CRM? It's, it's what is it that we need to do to be successful? And then how does the CRM support that?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I I get a lot of time and it's very common and some people don't see a difference in it, which is fine. But for me in this essence, words matter, the order of the words matter. And I don't want the technology to drive the strategy. I want the technology to support the strategy. Right. Uh, And I think if you go back way back to 2005 and go look at Jim Collins, awesome book, Good to Great. It's a great book. Uh, You know, if you look at that, one of the components in there is is the role of technology, because at that time when this came out, which I don't know, was that 2003, four, somewhere around there that that, you know, the world of the Internet and online purchasing, those were that was really coming about and evolving. And there was a whole component there, you know, technology as a driver. Um, but you know, I think technology supports our strategy, but if you don't have a firm strategy and you, everything else just becomes willy nilly and you might be doing some cool super things with technology that other folks aren't doing that help yeah. your recruitment. But I will promise you, if you have a strategy built around why you're using that technology that way, the value that's providing your enrollment process and your enrollment team and connecting and engaging your students, if you build that strategy and tie it in and align all of the point solutions or all the different pieces of technology you have, you will get better results. Yeah. But but I, I couldn't have said that to you. I will say this for the conference. I'm circling back at the conference. I couldn't have said that to you have I not, had I not been attending that conference. Like that, that has a diverse selection of speakers that, that bring up different ideas and ways to do even the same idea, the same notion, different approaches to it Do you find what works best for me to be able to articulate and to understand and then build it out so
0: and this episode you know. is brought to you by hubspot's inbound <laughs> conference
1: <laughs> yeah, send them a quick note see if uh, you can get a just a kidding for yeah, the, yeah. For, the, for the podcast that'd things. be great that'd be great
0: uh, um but but but
1: but, but a couple, i would say all conferences you should yeah. think about that um not just your favorite ones maybe because you haven't been to one you don't know but at first and i think years ago i did a blog post about this but you know w- before you go to a conference what do you do um I, first i would look to see what the sessions are going to be so you have an idea it doesn't have to be doing exactly the way i do it um i just find it curious and if i go in without saying hey i need to focus on this let's just see what I, my interests are um but also sometimes you are going to a conference to learn something very specific yeah and then what i would say is Pick out what you want to attend. Look at that. Look at it first of what you've picked out Um, and make sure you've got some diverse collection of sessions that are about that topic. It might be diverse in that they're all around the same thing, how to get started, but they're different ideas and approaches to get started So you find the best one for you. Or how do you get started? How do you maintain and how do you evolve for another round of getting started? You know, it, find the different ways about it, or what are the nuts, nuts and bolts? And here's a new way we want to do X, and this is the strategy part. A session on that, a session on the technology that you need for it, or who, which exhibitors and vendors do I uh, and, and sponsors do I go see that might have the technology to support that strategy, right? And that's how you start to piece together. Uh, it's the same thing as I talk about how you think about CRM and how you think about conference can improve your experience.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And, no. and going about it that way, um, because, you know, you might also find, hey, here's, you know, there are two sessions at the same time I really want to attend. I can only get to, to one of them. Well, before you make a choice at which one you pick, look at what else you're attending. Is one of those two a, more of a duplicate of something else that you want and, and already have on your agenda? And then maybe you can pick the other. But how do you get that? So.
0: Yeah, no, and, and one of the things I just want to react to when evaluating sort of conference sessions, I think one of the really hard things is like sometimes you're reading the session description and it sounds great and then you show up and it's sort of just like a lackluster presentation. And so one of the things that I've like learned over the years is, It's really helpful to have, and I think this is what you're getting at, Mickey, a sort of like diverse portfolio of sessions that you're going to attend. Pick ones that are purely going to be inspirational because like you, part of the reason of going to any sort of event, right, is to remember why you do the things that you do or to invigorate you and inspire you to go back and assuming it's an industry event, right, uh, you know, continue to sort of like develop new strategies and execute new approaches to student recruitment, right? Or to how you think about sort of like, you know, your university systems. And I think that like the challenge is a lot of folks either get really too tactical, like they they only pick the very tactical sessions or they only pick like the inspirational sessions and that they're either left feeling like, oh, that was like way too nitty gritty, like, that worked in this person's context because of their unique set of circumstances there's no way i could replicate that exactly in my context or they're left saying oh my gosh yeah that was like a lot of kumbaya and you know rah-rah and that was nice but i didn't really like learn anything specific to help me in my job and i think like it's incredibly important to as you're kind of combing through that set, the conference agenda, make sure that there's like a good balance of like, hey, I'm going, I'm intending to go to this because it's just interesting to me. It's probably not directly applicable to what I'm doing right now as a VP of enrollment management or as as a director of undergraduate admissions, whatever it might be, but it's on conversational marketing and chatbots. And I'm just really intrigued about like, what people on the front lines are talking about with respect to new ways and sort of like the future of communication with students. And that's okay. Like, I I think sometimes the the temptation is like, oh no, I have to go and I have to make sure that I'm picking things that are like directly applicable to like my current job or my current, you know, job Mm -hmm. description. And I think what you're getting at is like, No, like you, you need a mix of both. You need sort of both the tactics, but then you also just need like the pure inspirational content, which as you've mentioned, right, can have a significant bearing on tactics later, right? Like as you sort of like marinate more on the ideas that were shared in a particular session, you might not realize it in the moment, but like in three months from now, those ideas are going to inform your recruitment strategy for the spring, let's just say. So I love what you're getting at here.
1: Yep. I'm, so I'm pulled up my my calendar as we're as we're talking just to see. Let me just look and see what on day one some of the sessions, not all of them, because I don't uh, that would take too much time um, to see if there's so we can get that. Because you know sometimes if you're newer in your role and you're going kind of what you're saying, you know, as you balance up, you might find that there's a little bit more weight behind the sessions that help you understand components of your job. Better. Sure. Um, and the other thing I also say is if you don't have an agenda. Uh, of knowing, knowing like your agenda of what you want to attend before you go or before the conference really gets started. Even if you're waiting to the, to your, if you're flying there, there, that's a great activity on your flight, by the way, is to study the agenda and see what's on there. But, but what I find is if you don't have it, I see this all the time, um, especially when at conferences where I'm at the exhibitor session, um, uh, section of, of the conference. If you don't have it, that's when you're likely to get, let conference fatigue sit in and you're just not attending sessions or you're kind of out like i can't tell you i've go to conference and you might see you know depending on the size of the conference you know five to fifty people um that that aren't in sessions 30 40 percent of the times when there are sessions <laughs> yeah, um, yeah and you wonder like okay what they may have a very other, other a significant other reason to be there which is great um but you know if you Conference fatigue sits in if you, you know, when it's three days and like this, this inbound conference. I mean, it's, it's literally for me, 10 to 14 hour days. Yeah, um, it's exhausting. Of, of, it, it is. But what the one of the things I also love about it is when you have conference fatigue, A, because it's this large, you're too far away from your room just to go to your room. <laughs> um, it, it's, it could be a 10, uh, 10 to 30 minute walk slash Uber back.
0: So true, um, so true. You know,
1: um, and that's if your last session was near a door of the exit. It, it could take you 15 minutes just to walk inside this building to get from one room to another, by the way. Um, so so it, it's, it's massive. But the other thing is because you can't leave. they got a lot of lounge space. There's a lot of loud music playing in some of this lounge space. But they also, you can go sit in to any of their keynotes because there's enough room for everybody there. And that's where you can sit in the back and just kind of zone out and then also kind of listen in. And you might find that you're you're more engaged than you thought because they have some i mentioned earlier they got big names so you know there are years we've had john cena the the wrestler turned actor there like that was not a session i really cared at all about um (laughs) he has an interesting
0: instagram story though i i was there and I, uh, i appreciated like hearing his like his instagram strategy how he posts one photo a day with no other context and like he hopes like his followers will like try to discern sort of the meaning behind yep. why he posted it See? I, I, and i remember and, that
1: <laughs> yeah and so like, well, i i listened in. i you know i went to that session that was during conference fatigue and i was like man find a come on and i just i just didn't have it it was going to be a 15 minute walk to the other side of the building i said no i'll just i'll go in this take a break um and it wasn't that bad but that was a good place to do it so um, you know, there might, you know, you can take a break and sit in it sometimes in, when it's a keynote session, if it's not one you're interested in, sit in it and let that be your break time. Um, you know, some people have computers up some, just have some water and chill and have a book or something. Um, but then something can at least, you know, brighten your, your moment. But anyway, here are a couple of sessions I'm attending. Let's see a case study session. How to use your CRM data to fuel your ABM campaigns, um, mm. Um, so account-based marketing is ABM. Um, so that one I would say is probably more focused on company than client. I'm looking at another one here, customer education. I must have for growth. Now this one, uh, the, there are two speakers here. One works at HubSpot and one is the CEO of a company called Northpass. And I'm going to say there's a lot of pressure on these two for me in this session. Um, I'm going to read the description and then we'll tie this all together. Customer education can be your next level for growth. However, this is only possible if you and your business have the proper orientation. HubSpot and NorthPass have come together to deliver a 101-level introduction that will help you identify where in the flywheel customer education can add force and reduce friction. Hmm. The end goal of this session, to leave you understanding how a customer focused academy can attract, engage, and delight your customers. All right. So this is why this one's really important for me because we're, we're looking at how we do our work, especially in in technology implementations in the role of education and strategy development, excuse me, versus the role of technology build.
0: Yeah. yeah, So,
1: so we're, that's low context, but, 101 level introduction. Well, you know, I have for years talked about looking at CRM and really even admissions operations at an academic level. So 101, 201, one. So right, they had me at 101. But on my board, I have a lot of things on my whiteboard in my office. But there are two words in this description that are on my whiteboard <laughs> that are just words on my mind right now. And, and I what literally they? wrote them. Wrote them this week before I read this description. Okay, friction. Reduce friction. Okay. Re- friction is on my board. Friction is, you know, when you think about an enrollment journey, um, and the or oh, the other word is flywheel because these two tie in together. The flywheel, and again, let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, good to great. Uh, I've heard a lot of people over the last two weeks and and reading stuff talk about flywheels, uh, and, and I don't know why I'm seeing that word so much recently, but it's there. But you know, H- Collins wrote about it in, in Good to Great. Um, HubSpot was talking about flywheel in 2017 and now I'm all of a sudden seeing it pop all over the place. The flywheel, that's the concept of what drives your business. But when you think about a flywheel and how it, once you put it spin, it can continue spinning unless you apply friction to stop it. The friction are the hurdles in your sales process or, in this case, your student enrollment journey. When when a student's thinking about enrolling with you, what are, where are the hurdles? That's the friction. How do you remove that friction to make their journey seamless? Um, and so that 's a lot of mine, so when they have 101 level friction and fly one there boy i 'm jumping on that one. Uh, and then one other session i 'm attending that day um, it 's called a Marvelous Moment um, um, by a lady who founded a company called Marvelous. Um, what, did, what do the world 's happiest and most high performing people do daily to stay focused, navigate adversity, and show up ready to play their A game?
0: Love that. I, I mean that's and that's, and that's an example right like of what we were just talking about of one the first session you're talking about is like very tactical, very specific, right? And this one is like yep. purely inspirational and having that sort of like yep. combination is is crucial for these sorts of events.
1: Yep. And I'm thinking about so the first one was company focused on ABM, you know, how do we work together as a team to support a specific client? Um and then how do we replicate that for multiple clients? How do we then um look at helping our clients remove friction in their enrollment process and how does technology support it and then how um what are the key elements for our most high performing people how what do they do daily that keeps them high performing and looking at and and so the first one company based the second one client based the third one company and client based um talk a lot about hiring with schools um, and how they build their enrollment teams. I think about hiring and how we build our teams here at the company as well. So, um, so, and I'm looking at all of that as that, and that's part of the reflection. I don't think about it when I'm picking the session. I pick them first and then start um, evaluating like, okay, what's really on your mind? And when yeah. I look at the words I wrote on the board this week, boy, doesn't that all kind of start to tie in.
0: Yeah. And what I love about what you're saying, Mickey, too, and I think that, uh, you know, amidst sort of the chaos of just life and our jobs, it can be tempting to sort of just like, you know, show up to the conference um, having, you know, while you're you're basically like walking to your first session while you're still replying to emails, even though you've got your out of office on and like you just show up, right? And you're like, what, where am I? What am I doing? Like, where should I be focused? And it's like the entire like point of these professional development sort of opportunities and events is so that you leave as much as you can, right? Like real work at home, real work sort of like back in in the office and are present. And I think like in order to do that, the reality is you have to be intentional. Like what you're talking about is a very like intentional approach to professional development. And I think that that's just unfortunately not something that everyone like, including myself, uh, remembers as we, uh, you know, walk into an event all of the time. And I think like that is, if you're going to, if you're paying for this, you would, you know, regardless of you, your company, your school that's paying for this event, like it's because it should be worth your time. Right. And so if it's not worth your time, maybe you're at the wrong event. But if it is worth your time, right, then it's worth taking seriously and, and being really intentional about, like, no, this is how I'm going to use this time. This is what I want to learn. This is what I want to be inspired. This is what I'm going to, like, just take a break and, like, talk to people and get to know how other people in the space think about these things, right? That, ne- that networking component, which is super, super important for all these events. And I think, like, that intentionality is, like, if there's one thing to kind of, like, take away from all of this, I think it's that any professional development event whether it's an in-person event that's a 4-day conference like an inbound or like a you know a 3-hour uh virtual event like if you are signed up for it right and if you are pay especially if you are paying to to be there to be present there like it really should be worth your time right meaning and if it's worth your time it it's also worth your focus right like and i think that that's the that's the hard thing at least for me is like especially with all these virtual events is like i sign up for all of them sometimes i even pay for them And then, like, I'm, like, kind of listening, but I'm also, like, kind of not because I'm on my laptop and my email and my Slack keeps popping up, you know. And so it's too tempting to not, like, want to go and, you know, respond to a quick email or respond to a quick Slack message. And yet, like, it requires an incredible amount of discipline to be like, no, 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 Like, I paid for this thing. Like, this is either – either I made a poor financial decision or this is actually worth my time and I need to
1: give it, like, the attention that it deserves, and I think it's 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 obviously more challenging and difficult to to make that commitment when it's virtual than in person. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you're physically removed, especially if you're not a remote employee. Um, but if you're say you're a remote employee that travels a lot, you're physically removed from traveling to whatever it is you're traveling to do um for work, or you're physically out of the office space. Uh, and 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 you know in a different physical environment, so that that changes it. When it's virtual, it doesn't. Especially when you are in your office at home or at work attending virtually. And we know I've started to see some data come in from from event people. Um, you know the virtual engagement, the level of engagement of attendees in virtual events is extremely low. Like and 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 I would suspect, and I don't I haven't seen this data yet, uh, that it's gotten lower over time since since we've gone virtual. Um, and and I think the key is you 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 have to separate yourself. Now, for me, it's gonna be easier to separate myself because I'm attending most of this conference. This is virtual, but most of next week, I'll attend it while we're out camping and I have time specifically held. So we've got a family, I'm not involved in it, the family's doing something and I'm um, in our RV by myself with this event. Um, so I have, you know, some separation there. But that, you know, that doesn't mean that emails don't come in, you know, is your Slack or, or chat or Teams or whatever channel you use, is it, do you have yourself marked as a way? Do you have your out of office on? Do you have your email browser client open? If you do close it. Yeah. Like that shouldn't be. And and like, I, and I say this as these are it's things so I've had to do for myself. Yeah. Um, To hold myself accountable to like, I, I have time held to do some, you know, re- watch recorded webinars. A Very rarely, if, if I send a webinar, can I attend it live? Um, but I can say, okay, Friday from three to five, I'm going to watch three webinars, and block that off. Tell everybody at two fifty-five, have a great weekend. I'll see you next week. Shut that stuff down and have those webinars up. Yeah. And that's how I end my day. So, um, and that includes shutting down the chats um, and then, you know, if your team texts, it's not as easy, but, you know, I tell the team, you know, you can text me if there is an emergency, but the chat, which I'm almost always very responsive on uh, more so than any other medium, um, it, it, I'm not going to do that when I'm doing, you know, one of those webinars or something that I need to learn or pay attention, very close attention to, but I block out that time. I like Friday afternoon, not because it's Friday afternoon, but it's easy to say at two fifty five. everybody have a good weekend see you next week. And then it's slower. They're not already pinging me generally at that time much anyway. And then I can start my weekend, go grab a beverage, and let's watch some webinars and take my notes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Another, uh, quick note just on virtual events. Uh, This is, I was, I was thinking about this, uh, earlier this week, I did a sort of like a last minute, like joint session with, um, some of our our partners at Squiz for their higher ed uh, web uh, conference. They did a a, session on really sort of like the intersection of technology and enrollment marketing, and it was like a really interesting session. Um, And then they basically just like interviewed me for like the second half. Um, And anyways, one of the things I appreciated during this event, this live event, which, um, you know, I've seen at other events, but like this one really... I think reminded me of of sort of like a big value add of virtual events that I think often uh, gets overlooked and or isn 't as um, uh, easy uh, to to sort of like access within the context of a live event is the q and a so like I loved the fact that you know people were were actually asking really good questions and then whatever platform they were doing allowed you to sort of like upvote specific questions. And people were upvoting, like, really, really interesting questions. And so by the time the Q&A portion of the event started, I mean, there were, like, five killer, like, really well-thought-out questions. And I think that that's something that you just don't get as easily in a live event. Because, first of all, people are scared to speak, you know, ask a question in front of, like, 50 to 100 people or whatever it is, a couple hundred people. Second, sometimes you know the questions that people ask are either either way too specific, they're too wordy, they're not super clear because they're kind of like rambling, right? Like as I yeah, uh, what did you say about this? Or it's either like way too basic or way too advanced. So what I lo- what I do really appreciate about virtual sessions is is, is the ability of like you've got to like think through what you are asking as you are typing and then. The audience, the rest of folks, like you don't have to worry about like saying something and sounding stupid in front of a bunch of people. It's just, you know, a chat. No one really knows who you are. But then, second, the other uh, members of the audience can choose which questions they think are most valuable and most exciting. And so, anyways, for what it's worth, while virtual events have lots of pros and, you know, uh, I think the cons get talked about a little bit more than, than the pros of virtual events, I do think a big pro is the Q and a functionality and the ability to like sort of like discern what are like the real good questions and who's like most interested in what sort of like topic of question so that you can address those first and then sort of move on to sort of like the second and third, you know, categories of questions.
1: Absolutely. I like it. Uh, I'm finding interesting, um, you know, with a lot of these virtual ones uh, now, you know, I've been doing some presentations and, and these, some virtual conferences and, and, um, I'm seeing more and more of the con- of the sessions being pre-recorded. Yeah, yeah. Played li- played live um, as part of the conference and having the speakers there live after it's done playing. That's exactly how the one was. Yeah,
0: this is exactly how ours was.
1: I don't know why. Yeah. That is. Um I think it must be a uh, scheduling thing. Like that that's all I can It could be yeah. uh, maybe that's what it is. Um I can't imagine especially when you have non-professional speakers that the speakers are more dynamic in a re pre-recorded with no audience content format than if they were presenting actually live. Um, even if it's virtual with an audience. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you.
0: And honestly, I don't prefer these, this, this format as a presenter, right? Cause it's yeah. like, it's like a zoom. And thankfully like the format was like an interview. So it was fine. Right. Like, Um, I can you know as you know I can sort of like talk all day Mm -hmm. but like if I was presenting like a slide deck like to to God knows who and I'm just recording a zoom and then I'm going to send it off like the, the energy that you are used to getting from a crowd even if it's like virtual energy of just knowing that there are you know 125 people on the other end like watching you that changes the way that you present. It changes the, you know, the intonation, right? Like of your voice even. Um, yes. and, and that all of that is sort of like missing with these, these pre-recorded, you know, sessions. Yeah. So
1: I don't know whose I idea like this to was. I think and- I can avoid it, but I speak a lot. Yeah. And I prepare, I mean, I, I practice and prepare. So yeah. um, for the pre-recorded ones. Um, as much as if it was live. So I like to think, but I know they're not all that way. And and I would say it's not that people can't do it. I don't think everyone thinks of it that way. Um, But I think of it, okay, this is your live performance that's just being captured. Um, The other thing that I hate about it, though, I will say is I've never, and most people I would say would agree with this, uh, I don't like to hear or see myself uh and recording
0: yeah, yeah 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 and yeah. so
1: having to sit there and listen like oh mm, i would, mm, I'd flip that i would mm, I wouldn't use that term oh you know you you just so i don't like to do it um so that's painful to to have to go through um so
0: anyway yeah, yeah. Well, good. Hey, I think this uh, this was interesting. I, I, you know, this wasn't what we were planning on talking about today, but I, I not think- at all. So we will have to talk
1: about that next
0: week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we um, will. We our will. plan,
1: our plan topic for the week. Do we want to tell folks what the plan topic was?
0: Um, your call. Two way engagement. There we go. Two way engagement. Two way engagement. engagement. I'm excited for this one. This yep. is going to be good. And hopefully folks enjoyed this sort of just, you know, a uh, candid riff on how to approach professional development opportunities. I think that this is a, a good reminder for all of us as we, you know, head into the fall and there'll be, you know, a mix of hybrid events, uh, virtual events, uh, some, you know, in-person events as well. And hopefully just a good reminder for how folks should think about professional development coming out of a season where, you know, there was a lackluster of, uh, uh, professional development opportunities. So, Hopefully this was interesting uh, to folks. Thanks for being here, everybody, as always. Thank you, Mickey.
1: Yep. Talk with you all next week.
0: Take care. Hey, friends. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Fanatical Fridays with Mickey Baines. If you have an idea for a topic you think we should cover on this show or riff on, please feel free to reach out directly to me at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org, and I will bring it up with Mickey, and we will chat about it on an upcoming episode. So again, that's Zach, Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org, and reach out if you have questions, comments, thoughts, ideas for things that we should be talking about. All right, guys, take care, and we'll see you next week.